Welcome to Glass Onion Minute. I'm your host, Adil Kurji, and this week and today, my guest is Rob O'Connor. Hello. Uh, and we are on Minute 47, so that's 4600 to 4659. Um, and our minute starts mid-sentence with Miles uh, having just said uh, a murder continues will be committed my murder my murder and then uh, continues to explain that there will be you will have to closely observe the crime consider what you know about each other know that across the island i've hidden clues some may be helpful some may misdirect that's for you to determine and it'll be very difficult and it'll take all three days of the weekend to solve and if anyone here but if anyone can name the killer Tell me how they achieved the murder, and most importantly, what was the motive? That person wins our game. Any questions? At this point, Benoit interrupts with a raised finger and says, Uh, wait, what do we win? And this sort of flummoxes uh, Miles, who says, what do you mean? He's like, I don't know. Is it- I, what do you mean? What do you, what do you, what do you want? No, no, nothing. I just, I, I just thought maybe there was a prize or something. Uh, and I, uh, an iPad or like. And Miles says, yeah, "Okay, fine. Yeah, no, no. The winner gets an iPad." No, uh, once you're dead. Uh, kind of con- very confusedly, and then we cut to Duke saying, looking down at the table, and being like, "Once you're dead." Obviously, I'm doing super brief because I figure we'll go scene by scene like we did yesterday and get the details in. But uh, another like seemingly sort of quick dialogue minute. But there's a lot of nice little moments of this one, I think. Uh, what would you think of this minute? Uh, yeah, I would say this minute and the next minute are probably. Uh, I Yeah, I would say they're comfortably my favorite minutes in the movie, especially because I have actually hosted a number of murder mystery nights. Um, and I have a couple of funny stories I want to talk about. Um, but in terms of this minute, yeah, no, look, it's it's just a lot of fun. Like, I, I, I just, I really like <clears throat> the look on Miles' face throughout. Like, just as, as he's kind of laying out the importance of uh, how important everyone should think his murder is. Uh, which is. Which is, you know, it informs a lot about his character, but also... That's exactly what it's like when you're hosting a murder mystery. You want everyone to buy into it. And invariably, there's a lot of people around the table that are kind of going, oh, I was, I'm just here for the wine and the food. Um, but, yeah, no, no, you know, it's it's maybe not as kind of cinematic as the as the last scene. But I, I, I think it's a lot of fun. Um, just Ed Norton is great in it. And, and, and the, 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 the kind of tracking shot of the table is great. And I, I love the way... Both Kate Hudson and Whiskey are both thumbing their hair, but in very, very different ways. Um, hmm. Whiskey is 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 kind of absent-mindedly doing it, almost like she she doesn't even know she's doing it at all. But um, Birdie, apologies, Kate Hudson, Birdie is is mm-hmm. doing it, and it's almost like she's she's doing it in this really contrived way where she wants everyone to look at her doing it, uh, which which I thought was really really nice, you know. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Yeah. So let's let's roll forward. So we start with um, what I thought was a really interesting choice, right? So he says we we ended the last minute kind of on um, on Miles, I believe, and then now in this when he sort of says my murder will be it will be committed, um, right? Or murder will be committed. My murder. We've got Claire and Lionel 
um, is sort of the foregrounded shot. Claire foregrounded Lionel still in focus, but behind. Um, and Claire's doing the looking down, pensive kind of tuning out thing, which is like uh, you mentioned yesterday, the last time we saw Claire was mm. this like panicked, what does this mean for me? And we haven't seen her for almost a full minute. And she's now sitting at the table and hasn't pulled away from that mental frame, right? She's looking down, clearly not paying attention. Lionel, meanwhile, is stroking his beard, being like, yeah, murder miss. I, the look on his face, I think, is like, uh-huh. Like, it's a bit wide-eyed, <laughs> out of focus, but it feels like he's just like, this? This is like, you've just done, I've, I mean, I'm projecting a lot, but it feels to me like it's like a, you just told me we're all in this death trap, and now you're like, but that doesn't matter. Let's play a murder mystery. Um, and then we cut to this, like, um, sort of semi-tight shot of like upper torso of Ed Norton cameras like just above eye level and so it's like slightly looking down and he's leaning forward so you get this like lovely shadow underneath like you don't really see his eyes because of that angle and where yeah. the lighting is and then similar to the lighting is almost all from like about 45 so you get this like Rembrandt lighting that you often see in like dramatic portraits or you know the headshots you can make when you only have one light says a particular photographer in the room um hey people buy it it's fine um <laughs> but like yeah he just feels very like he's i think it's like that like like i said i'm mocking the the but the rembrandt lighting but it's like it's a bit cliche because it's done so much but mm. it, it is it just does give drama but i think they're using it here with him like by shooting down on him and so his forehead's a lot brighter than it would be if you were trying to like well portrait shot with that that sort of half the face um lit and the other half sort of less lit rembranting where you get like the cheek the one side in the dark face still being hit by light that's the rembrandt idea you're still getting that but it's being shot down and i think it's supposed to be the pastiche of him i think it's it feels to me of like this is supposed to be dramatic but it feels cartoony right because yeah. the the shot doesn't work in the he doesn't feel dramatic. He feels no. kind of silly because of that. I think the downward shot's doing a lot of that work. But of course, what he's what's happening in the film is like, it's going to take you three days to figure out my murder, me, Miles, the guy with the cup. Remember me? It's a big deal, even though it's fake. And it's like, no one cares, dude. This is like, no. Right? Um, but he's so into it. I feel like that, that shot really struck me as like mm. a really good use of like a classic lighting technique to pastiche him and then if you look then it cuts to um janelle monet's uh that, yeah and then we get the the shot you were talking about right where birdie is like staring intently birdie's into this right mm. birdie's like yes this does sound dramatic and interesting and the playing with the hair is like as uh, adil starts playing with his own hair but like it's not like idly flipping right it's like threading your fingers through very particularly and then flicking it's like pay attention to me for as long as possible as I do this very calculated move feeling. Right. Um, yeah. And then, Oh yeah. I didn't actually catch that. Like you were saying, and then we do the wide shot back to sort of like preaching last supper. My hands are to my side. I pay attention to me, but I'm hunched over and like uh whiskey's just got like flicking mm. a loop of her curl. So it's a very small movement in the middle and it's clearly like not pay attention to me. It's like, I'm, bored or anxious about something else i'm just like playing with my hair and you can tell the difference i'm really glad you picked up on that because i didn't think that's a really neat um moment um 
Yeah, and then like whiskey just sort of claws a bit. Um, and then of course my favorite part of this minute I think is the cutaway to cut from that to Benoit and and he's like scrunched up face like I'm thinking, but also kind of bobbing in his seat like 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 a kid wanting to interrupt or like <laughs> waiting for their chance to say something. He's just like. He just like moves a bit and then is like, I'm being very serious because this is a serious thing. And then we get the wins our game. And then again, you're right, this like smirk. This very Ed Norton smirk. Like, and then if that if you can answer all these things, that person wins our game. And it's just like, isn't that great? This is great, right? <laughs> Look at my smile and my hands. This is great. I'm so smart. This is going to take three days. I'm the best. Solve my murder. Like, all in this expression. The hand right? movements are great. They're so tech bro throughout the whole film. Very good way of putting it. Yeah. Before we go, so that's like the first half. I do want to say, did you pick up on the score during that segment? Uh, No, I can't say that I did. Oh, it's great. I think it's my secret favorite part of this minute. My murder no anything pause and then when it cuts to janelle Monet's character it goes bum bum and it's this all this light fluffy mm. very when he's being like being very serious the music is like these like really light um orchestral sounds that just make it seem silly in mm. the same way that like the lighting i think was doing that with his hands and then even the like i think it's a clarinet i'm really bad with instruments when we cut to Benoit, it's like a sort of pensive sound, mm. which matches him, but it still has that light, fluffy, this is just silly crap. At no point is the audience supposed to be in the mindset of Miles or Birdie of like the seriousness of this. If you didn't pick up on it, this is dumb, right? Because it's like, this is a very silly thing that people are being very serious around and all of the score is like making it just, it, you cannot take it seriously even when he's being intense because mm. it's just... It's like, dun, 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 right? It's just this, the instrument choices, the like pacing, etc. cetera. Uh, and then you have Claire like just downing some wine. You're like, <laughs> there's just no way you like, like, obviously, if you're like watching it quickly for a podcast, you might like miss this because you're like, oh, what are people yeah. saying? But I think in the theater, I would have loved to hear that's the type mm. of thing I would have loved to be in because just having the full volume of a sound system I think it would change the interpretation. I don't think you could miss that. Like, this is preposterous. This this is so preposterous yeah. because it's just so like it's so incongruous with like what he's trying to do. The but, like, he's trying to create, the visual yeah. and the non-score audio is all really trying like doing a lot of he's being intense. And I think mm. some of the visuals playing against that, like I said, but it's still like, but that score is just like yeah you if you were trying to be on his side of that intensity, like let's, let's take a couple steps back and, and smirk a bit. I, I, I just noticed what we were talking about the hand gestures uh, at, at about mm. 34 seconds. He, he sort of gestures forward again. He goes, any questions? And, and the score mm. just kind of trembles a little bit when he does it. It's almost like he's conducting it. That's a very good point. Um, and then it cuts to um, Benoit moving his hands and mm. saying, what do we win? And we're still in that lull point because he's not the conductor. Yeah. Like his hand movement not matching the, the sound. And then we cut back to Miles and he's like, hands out. Like, what? 
and he drops his hands and we still don't have the score yeah there you go and we just lost it right Mm. he drops his hands he's no longer like yeah i think you're right i think the the like score is being knit to the narrative the like the thing he's trying to paint the picture he's trying to paint with it and he's like doing that with his hands right he's like well i'm dead it's gonna take all this time there's the clues etc and he it's just like almost like a record scratch moment right when when was like what do we get he's like what <laughs> this is, like you solved my murder right that's clearly the thing like the prize is you solved my me miles guy with the glass my murder and 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 benoit's just like i don't know what you from adam really like i'm just i got i'm i, I i'm here uh if i solve your murder what what do, what does that mean and it just like perplexes him that it wouldn't be enough mm. And then, and like when we cut back to him at like minute uh, second forty eight, his hands are on the table and he's leaning forward. And actually, think about the lighting; he's now tilted his head into the light, and so you see both sides of his face. So you don't get that dramatic lighting, you, and you see just so you see very clearly the perplexed person. He's like leaned into more of the light and then pivoted into it. So he just just by that movement into the light, he's we no longer have any of the drama that he did when he was talking because we don't have that sort of split face half dark half light yeah um he looks a lot less uh well not not that he ever looked threatening but he's he's not trying to look threatening anymore because he's he's almost like he's exposed and, and then when benoit says ipad he, again he's like i don't and he does lean back a bit but but he doesn't quite get that lighting back and then he leans forward he's like i guess the winner gets an ipad and it's yeah he's just like completely pulled out of this like performative place he was in in the rest of the minute just by this like what do we win um yeah i think it's a really really interesting um minute that way because uh obviously like it feels like not a lot of like on one sense if you read the script right it's like well i don't know but the if you read the dialogue part of the script it's like mm. miles describes the game gets interrupted and is confused by the interruption right but yeah. like so much is like about his character is again in this, this, this again the the performance right the but like the whole conception of the game is is Miles's performative self assuredness right he's not actually self assured he's performative so it's like I'm so important my death must be a big thing that people would in and of itself want to solve. It's kind of what this minute feels like it's saying because yeah. it's like my murder. Okay, so I solved like you're you're a multi-billion, you're the richest man in the world or whatever, or one of the richest men in the world. You're doing a murder mystery party. You're saying it's a game, and someone can win. What do we win? It's like no conception of the idea that yeah. like, there should could could or should be a prize from someone who could afford anything as a prize, and anyone at that table would be like damn and then just the fact that benoit says an ipad is just oh i i cackled when i heard yeah. that because it's such a bingo night type of like prize because because they all know that ultimately the only winner is ever going to be him <laughs> so yeah you know that the, they don't even think it never even crosses their mind that they could get something out of this um, yeah i mean that it's it's about solving his murder mm. and the point is you solved his murder it's all miles right but yeah, no one seems, even Bertie, who seems interested in the idea, right? Mm. No one's engaging at all with the thing up until Duke says, uh, once you're dead. And who knows what he says after that? Definitely not us right now here on Minute 47. We're watching this for the very first time, yeah. 
so that was me rambling about uh, what I really liked. Again, was was the score and the iPad. Um, well, that's what makes me sound basic. Um, but I was just curious uh, what... what uh, you said this was one of your favorite minutes. Is it the pairing with the next minute, or is there some more about this minute that it, sort of struck you? Uh, it, it it was more just that... that this this minute and the next minute uh outline the mechanics of the the actual murder mystery party that he hoped to have um and 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 as i said i've i've kind of done a few of them so uh you know i was just able to relate to it a bit that the way he's he's trying to get everyone invested there's there's one person there who's really really competitive and just wants to win or so we think and there's there's other there's someone else there like Birdie who's just kind of there for the fun and is there to go along with it. And then there's a lot of other people there who are just kind of cringing because the host has taken it so seriously and they don't know kind of how seriously they should be taking it or if they want to be a part of this at all. So I just thought it was it was just mapped out really well and very true to life in that sense, you know. Because of the table dynamics, we have um, we don't see many people. We see because we have that shot with um, Claire yeah. pounding the the wine, and so we get Lionel, and then in the very as a soft focus, uh, we get Peg and then Birdie, um, and then of course we cut to um, like uh, Birdie uh, playing with their hair at one point, um, and, but like the whole time, like I thought, given that Peg's like just sort of in the frame kind of mm. thought uh jessica hen uh henwick did um a really good job of just portraying that character because like in the soft focus you're like oh arms crossed but then when we get the tight in with birdie sort of doing that that hair thing you were saying um like peg's like arms it's not just not like it, it's uncomfortably arm crossed right like her hands aren't just like covering Children's like together. arms crossed like ah oh, this is boring hands in the pits you know like tight like like a child warming their hands because their mittens are cloth and covered in snow like it's just like really i'm kind of half hugging myself i'm uncomfortable with this but i'm here uh while like apprehensively looking at birdie and birdie's just like doing this hair thing and giving her this like this look and we're like what is happening between these two and that like in the middle of um um birdie playing with their hair right um uh there's this up and down look like hmm, something that tells us birdie cares about the murder mystery yeah. via the like eye contact with peg and peg's just like mm-hmm and then sort of looks away like okay and i thought that transition where she seems calmer is like okay birdie's my boss i know what birdie wants for this but i just thought that apprehensiveness and that shift of the expression um seemed like a really interesting way of portraying like i'm only here just like she's not here for miles she's here for birdie yeah right and so when birdie's like i'm paying attention it's like okay i will i now know i just need to like murder mystery gotcha i just the change in expression in that like half second i thought was really interesting do you find it odd that peg is invited to play the game as well it like it feels like she should be kind of just there but like not taking part she's not she's not strictly a guest in the same way that birdie is well yeah this is the thing that i like i uh, i was perplexed with on my first viewing and haven't solved in my head right which is like birdie got the invite peg helped with the invite amongst you know in that weird party scene a bunch of other people mm. theoretically could have helped but like peg just comes along because 
Peg comes along to where Birdie is, and that I think this is supposed to be like a recognition of like Miles' relationship with Birdie. Okay. Um. Oh, just the problem with not rewatching the movie. <laughs> I, mm, yeah. Or at least, like, yeah, Miles just seems to give Birdie some leeway to bring her necessary person who keeps her out of trouble. <laughs> um, but I, and I think because Peg doesn't work for Miles, Peg's a guest. And I think it's, I think it's kind of the simple mechanics of Miles's brain that allows that to happen. Mm. Um, but I, I, I was thrown off too because it's like, surely this guy who's so egotistical and very happy he's rich would not let sort of someone who is the quote unquote the help. Yeah. Um, but that's the only, that's like, that was me doing some jumps and, and hoops, right? To figure out why Peg's at the table. And I, I think, as good as I got, it's just like, well, I don't think Bertie would let her not be. It's just funny as well that you know, she's wearing a white t shirt and everyone else is so glam and like, you almost you'd almost think that he wouldn't let her come to the to the party dress like that you know um, so that's actually a good point i wonder if there was a scene cut because like it it would also explain why she's starting so uncomfortable if mm. she didn't expect to be going to the party but yes. birdie forced her to come along and then she's like oh, i'm in a t-shirt i'm kind of like not only am i uncomfortable because i'm not didn't think i'd be in this type of thing but i am underdressed and so maybe the like hands in the armpit covering like as much as possible as they like I'm embarrassed of being in a white t-shirt and like that's not clearly conveyed from the previous minutes I don't think from mm. what I recall but that would make sense that there might have been like a cutting room floor or like some acknowledgement of the reason why she's so underdressed isn't because we're characterizing her as the help because she's clearly professional so she would have stuff right is yeah. that she was like unexpectedly <clears throat> brought along have have you read into the uh, the outfits at all? Uh, let's say no. What do you mean by read into the outfits? I, I, I'm I, now super curious. The um, I, I I was just interested to read a little bit about the costume design in this, and uh, mm. I found a quote from the costume designer actually talking a little bit about Miles's suit that he wears in this scene. Uh, so it's it's an Armani suit. Um, and it, the way she describes it is, it gives him this really fine simple line that was a little bit tech feeling uh it wasn't mm. a wool it wasn't a cotton it was a technical texture uh, and he's leaning into that everything in his wardrobe was this same kind of tone um and it it, it was about not standing out in the crowd uh, his ideas yeah. are big but he's trying to keep it low and normal so uh her whole philosophy was we kept that costume relaxed like look at just how chill i am which i thought was a great way of uh of, of, of putting it and, and also going back to the james bond thing we were talking about I, I every time i see it i'm always kind of reminded of something like a bond villain would wear like a dr no or a blofeld or you know one of those yeah kind of i think it's down. that like um that like very tight v cut of the like coat which is mm. the same color as the shirt which is i think is like the what, what you the quote you were alluding to but with these big chunky buttons yeah and it's like if he did it up it would be like very sort of dr no because Dr. No had that sort of like surgeon or like doctor outfit, which was very sort of tight around the neck and mm. sort of very clearly done up and the very particular. And it's like, oh, yeah, I'm a supervillain, but I'm a cool su surfer supervillain. Yeah. So I've undone my coat and you can see this little necklace of mine. 
And like, look, I, I'm just wearing a T-shirt underneath, but it's like, yeah, it, it, it's a nice juxtaposition of that, like, there is that, that like, coat or whatever you want to call it, that, like, weird structure. It's very structured in the sense of it feels like a blazer. It's uh, tighter than you would think for, like, if you'd done it up, it'd be quite in line and sort of snug in a way that, like, a single-breasted um, chill suit jacket wouldn't be, right? It's so high up on the neck. It's such a tight V. Um, it's clearly fitted on the shoulders, but again, in this like relaxed, there's no, there's clearly no shoulder pads or whatever. So it's sort mm. of kind of slopes low. So if it was done up tight, it would probably, probably hug your shoulders well, but right now it kind of feels relaxed. And like, again, like I'm just, I'm not your, I'm just, what was it? Um, I'm not trying to stand out. I'm trying to not stand out. Look how chill I am. Yeah. Yeah. Look how chill I am. Right. It's like, I bought this thing that is kind of, I think if, if it was done up, it would be like quite in your face and like mm. i am wearing this thing but by having it undone relaxes the shoulders again big chunky buttons but like you can see the fun regular outfit underneath um mm, that's what it's i was trying to figure out what was i kept the word pulpit kept coming to mind when i was talking about his like last supper scene i thought it was just the the reference to last supper but it's the fact that it's if you think about it being done up it, is, it would be quite snug Obviously not like fully wrapped around, but it does give those big chunky buttons and that like tight around the neck does give it sort of this like preacher vibe, even though it's the wrong colors. Was uh, growing up uh, an Irish Catholic, I wouldn't know too much about that. <laughs> well, I've, I grew up Muslim, so just going off of pop culture. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, faith healing and all yeah. that kind of stuff. Yeah, it just feels yeah, kind of evangelical. Same with the like I'm standing up and I'm being like hands mm. movement, not a lot of other movement. I don't know. Again, I might, I might just be reaching, but um, I just, once you mentioned that, I was like, oh, this, like, that's what was flipping me about the, the coat. And it's because it was unbuttoned. I was like, ah, it's not, what is it, the thing? It's like, oh, if you did the buttons up, it would be mm. quite tight fitting and kind of enough structure to be like, I'm in a role. Yeah. I was, I was joking there, by the way. I've, I've been in the company of many kind oh, of Christian brothers. I'm aware. Yeah, that. yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, of course. They all dress like uh, that. Yeah. So you do you see kind of what I'm saying? Oh, absolutely, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Even the way he's standing and the way he's holding himself and and, and the, the self importance <laughs> is very familiar. <laughs> yeah, and actually, when you think about like the hands forward and the fact that when Benoit confuses him, he leans forward on the table, it's mm. almost like a pulpit. Yeah, like it's almost like leaning on the pulpit forward kind of thing. Like it just has that performative "I'm at a podium" type thing, mm. even though he's not. And as soon as he's questioned, he uh, he gets very defensive. <laughs> Sorry. Again, I really, so I happened to pause at uh, second seven and it's such a great, it's mid tracking shot in and he's got his hands out and it's where I was commenting on the coat, but you also have whiskey just playing with that curl looking down and uh, we still have, we have Duke staring down like a pouty little boy. I think it's just, it's a really good emblematic screenshot, if you will, of the minute, right? Like I'm being serious I'm in my own little world. I'm in my own little world. And like Claire's looking down. And so it's like Benoit's leaning forward just yeah. in the b- bottom left corner of the shot. And it's just like, and it's the only idea that someone's listening to this guy who's clearly being intense. It's just a really nice frame. Uh, so Darren, if you are going to pick one, I'd, I'd suggest that. Um, or maybe Benoit gesturing with his hands in the later seconds. Um, so speaking of which... Um, Seeing as you haven't uh, talked uh, talked about it, what do you think of Benoit's outfit? Um, very nice. Uh, again, somewhat Bondian. Um, 
James Bond fans will remember the infamous safari suit from, I want to say it was the man with the golden gun. It was a Roger Moore kind of uh, outfit. And it's very, very much looks like this. It was kind of uh, that kind of khaki thing with the the pockets up top. Um, really uh, like it. Live and Let Die, I think. Was li- no, first safari clothes was uh, Man with the Golden Gun. You're right. Yeah, he just also had one in *Live and Let Die*, but it was different. Yeah, and there, I, I feel like he wore one again later on in the in the Moore era. But uh, yeah, that, there was a couple of outfits in, throughout the movie. But anyway, in this specific minute, yeah, really like that. Really like the nice kind of linen shirt he's wearing. And is that an ascot he has, or is it a different kind of a neck scarf? I think it's an ascot. I thought ascots might have to be bigger, because like, but I'm just thinking of Scooby Doo, if I'm honest. Right? Yeah, <laughs> so my like that's probably not the definitive ascot. Yeah, I know, I know, I know. There's like uh, a cravat as well. I never know what the difference is. Um, but no, yeah, really, really. Well, like there's it, the right? dicky, right? The which? The dicky. Is it is it dicky? Not like a bow tie. Oh, maybe. Yeah. Oh, you're right. It's just also. It's just a. Is it big? I'm not sure. Like we we would call a dicky bow it would be the same thing as a bow tie. Now that that's not to say that that's correct. Oh, okay, so maybe maybe I've just um. Oh, interesting. A dicky. Is a shirt front worn with a black tie, apparently, according to uh, Wikipedia. So it's a specific black tie shirt front. Don't listen to me about fashion, apparently. Um, But yeah, like it's a lot of his outfits throughout the movie are very kind of friendly and colorful. And I'm assuming almost like he's kind of putting out a vibe that, you know, he's he's on holiday. He's relaxed. He's he's not actually doing any kind of hard intense yeah, I mean, detective is, work right? Com- compared to the compared to the first film where it was all very kind of you know uh browns and kind of much more sort of dour colors um so I, I i don't know is that is that kind of spoiling what we find out later on in the movie or or, or what uh, but uh, only when you bring it up as a potential spoiler <laughs> i think <laughs> i'm just noticing these things that might feed into the film later on i'm not sure you know yeah i think it's fine um yeah i mean also yeah, I really like the fact that his um, ascot is like red and white, but really tucked low mm. in in the collar. Right, it's not bursting forth. It's just that he's got the top button undone, and you can just see that very very low loop underneath his shirt almost, and so it makes it like reserved yet also playful. Right, so it's like I'm wearing the thing, but it's not. I'm not like again. It's almost like the description of. Um, uh of miles's outfit right it feels like very much like uh i'm he's wearing like a safari suit with this like great sort of blue linen shirt and a red and white ascot but it's all put together in a way that's like i'm on holiday like with the rest of you yeah i'm not standing out i'm here mm-hmm. just to chill even though it's quite a outfit like if you but part of that is because it's like it's a chill outfit with respect to the bizarre situation yeah. but if you wore that on the streets and anywhere else you'd be like what is that guy up to? He's up to something because that's some crazy outfit, right? That's just not a standard outfit, but he's like clearly understood where he was going. Absolutely, yeah. Um, <laughs> I I actually have a similar jacket that I, I can only wear on sunshine holidays, so it just sits in my uh, my wardrobe the rest of the year. I'm a little jealous. I uh, I don't have anything quite like that. I do have a my fair share of linen shirts, though. Um Although I have been, uh, for those of you who aren't on the Zoom or haven't seen a picture of me, I'm a- an Indian man with 
long curly hair and a beard and when i wear a linen shirt and say shorts or like tie fisherman pants are my favorite win- summer thing i get a comparison to a certain messiah a lot oh. which is you know <laughs> oh my goodness great mm, yeah uh yeah it's not great uh yeah well, to the point where i was just wearing a coat in my face on halloween to 2022 having just barely moved to durham that's uh, durham uk not durham north carolina and i got a drive-by jesusing like just what car drove by and this like drunk english guy just put his head out and yelled jesus (laughs) obviously i didn't do the accent because that might be weirdly racist which is some level of irony yeah (laughs) um but yeah uh i I like linen but that those comments come out when i wear them Mm. so maybe the key is a coat is where this thought process was Mm. taking me like if i got a coat i wouldn't get the it's not a robe, right? That's I wore something that wasn't the robe. Maybe people wouldn't say yeah. the thing, but just the shirt seems the billowing linen shirt can sometimes get get interesting comments. It has made for decent stand-up material, though. Uh, I was about to say, if it makes you feel any better, um, and again, the listeners won't know this, uh, I'm so pale and so skinny that there's so many things I can't wear because I just look like a ghost. Um, mm. So, and again, oh, that, that that's particularly problematic when I'm in. Uh, sunny countries and there's all these people with beautiful tans and stuff when i just look like this kind of skeleton creature walking around oh dear uh, you do not look like a skeleton creature um a creature with a skeleton i'll grant but um yeah do you have any other thoughts on the episode on the minute uh yeah mm, not 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 particularly uh i i, I love just that, that he jumps to ipad like <laughs> yeah it's it's such a dad present to want as well or a dad prize um you know and, and it is it's such a like you know you, we talked in the last minute about how kind of tech-centric the whole film is and mm-hmm. w- w- when you think that, that someone's ultimate uh idea billionaire of, prize the, the ultimate idea of a prize is, is an ipad it's almost a little bit quaint when you think about it like it's it's a little bit kind of 10 years how long are ipods around now is it 10 years oh it's more than more, that is right? it oh uh, yeah third april 2010 you know, so, so like thirteen years. You know, it's it's not like Google Glass or anything like that. He just, he just wants an iPad. I thought that that was kind of cute and sweet. Yeah, I mean, so uh, that actual exchange, I think, is worth going back to. So it's like, so like at like minute thir- or second thirty two, Benoit's kind of stumbles like, uh, what do we win? And and just the the like head movement to the side and looking off into the middle distance that Edward Norton does, and, and I uh. What, what, what do you mean? What, what do you mean? What do you want? Right? It's just so. I have been broken, and then. Benoit, like looking back, leaning back, seeming unassuming, hand out like, oh no, nothing. I just, I just thought maybe there was a prize, right? Um, I don't know, iPad or something. Uh, I just thought it. it I, I mean, knowing what we know about Benoit, you, yeah. you just got to think how much of this is a thought, right? Is he actually like I don't know, or is he like I am playing in, like leaning into? Oh no, he like he absolutely is. Uh, no, yeah, no, I, I definitely think that. But I, 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 I like the the subterfuge kind of, the, you know. The, yeah, the, and I think why I brought up why I was talking about like him leaning back and having this confused and mumbling, bumbling mm. speech and his handout like, oh no, I didn't mean to offend you. Like I, it's like if you've seen Knives Out, then you know how clear calculated etc he yes. is 
And even at the beginning of this film where you see him in the bathtub and he's like annoyed and stuff, he's not like a, where are my words? What He's like aware of his stuff. He's mm. annoyed at losing a, at uh, Among Us, but he's not like, he hasn't lost that. And so it, 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 it feels very performative, but in a way that like, you have to know the character to know. And yeah. in the scene, it just comes up. So if you're just like idly watching, you could just be in the same space as Edward Norton. Like, oh yeah, he's just like, I don't know, an iPad, but like, if you think about, if you're thinking like what's been what Benoit is doing, you're like, oh, he's he's trying to be unassuming. He's trying to feel really light on his feet in a way mm. that he just isn't. Uh, and then then the iPad kind of becomes hilarious because it's like, what? It's like if you're like the, a snapshot in his brain. He's like, I need to like again. I'm talking about his like clothing being like obvious in every place in the world, but here. Mm. Uh, and like him sort of faux bumbling it's like in his head he's got to be like so what is the thing that will just perplex but make me seem kind of again Goofy. light and not yeah. in the caliber of the people here and it's like iPad right it becomes this really cool move read the right way and and did what the first time seeing this did did you get the feeling that he was playing a game or did you just think that the characterization was off compared to Knives Out? Because I did think that initially. Uh, I, so, I, at this moment, I was like, this doesn't feel, where's this going? Um, in, in, in the ensuing couple minutes, I thought it was related to what's happening in the next couple minutes. I will say that. Okay. Uh, that's like on my first watch through. I'm like, oh, maybe this was something. Mm. Um, but yeah, uh, I think it was definitely the multiple watches to be like, oh, which like, again, which is why I think the iPad is kind of my, one of my favorite moments of this minute because yeah. it's like a very silly joke on the surface. And then the more you think about it, you're like, it's still very silly, but like it being a calculated very silly is funny. Like the shrewd iPad. iPad is the thing that will make me seem the most disarming and kind of not in my element. Yep, that's the thing. I don't know, an iPad? Like, just that juxtaposition of if he's being shrewd, he's picking this? I know, it tickles me. Uh, yeah, so I think that's a good place to stop. No, all good. I will say, actually, we probably should say something about the last two seconds, right, where we cut to Duke looking down and says, and he says, once you're dead without really looking up it's it's clear at this point that there's something that's very much on his mind that he wants to uh get off his chest and and again we see the the, the picture out of focus just kind of hanging over him um the, the, the picture of of uh miles brown in out of focus in the background oh yeah good call um so it's 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 almost literally on his mind uh yeah, what what was your observation? Interesting how they um yeah, how he doesn't look up, right? And he's mm. he's starting the sentence with once you're dead, which is just three very heavy words, but he can't bring himself to like look up, like and so it was just like you said, he's just clearly weighted down by something and like we've got the specter of ideal uh Miles behind him on the mm. painting, right? The idealized Martin uh, Martin Miles. Um and yeah, just the and I just think given that it's Duke, so it's Batista, this very big, broad guy, and he can't, like, something is holding him down such that he can't even, like, look up. And also, at this point, we don't know who the murder mystery, the, the actual murder mystery of the film is going to be about. For all we know, 
It could be Miles himself who is dying and uh, or who gets murdered and that Duke is kind of envisioning it ahead of time. Uh, yeah. It's kind of foreshadowing, you know? Yeah, that's a very good point. I think we sort of glossed over that. There's like, obviously, in the structure of the film, is a Knives Out film. We know someone's going to die. Benoit's going to resolve it. That's the that's the aim of this franchise, theoretically. What did you think when you first saw the invitations, right? And it was like, and a murder mystery. Or actually, was the invitation... I can't remember the words. Was it his murder? We all knew it was his Solve murder. Solve the right? mystery of my murder, I think it said. Yeah, yeah. Know. So uh, my immediate thought was... In a very like classic seventies thing, it's like, oh yeah, there'll be like a murder. They'll th- people will for a while think it's the fake murder, and there'll be yeah. this like bait and switch. It's like, oh no, he was actually killed, uh, just because that's such a classic cliche thing. Did you get that vibe? Yes, and, and I kind of don't want to give away what does end up happening, but but yeah, I, I I did feel like we were heading in that direction, and that it would make the most sense because. Miles just felt like such a red herring that it couldn't possibly actually be him who is responsible for any of the evil doing in the in the film. It just it just felt too neat and clean and not becoming of a, you know a, a classic murder mystery. It, it felt like he was the one who was going to die. Yeah, for sure. And I think that's like how the writing is. It's like yeah, he's the one who's going to die, uh, and. And it's it's that trope, and it's mm. like oh, so so in my head it was like oh, how will Ryan Johnson subvert that? I mean, right now, I'm still in that space, right? How will Ryan Johnson make that trope interesting? Um, great. Well, on that, let's uh, wrap it up for the week. Uh, so um, thanks again, Rob. Uh, I'll ask you for any plugs you want. Yeah, you can find me at the Gotham the Gothamite on Twitter, and also All Star Superfan. We're on all the socials as well. That's my Superman podcast. Perfect. Um, what's a taste of that? podcast uh we cover the full 85 year multimedia legacy of superman so not just comics movies the old radio show from the 40s the chapter serials the movies the cartoons everything and anything we, we interview a lot of actors writers anyone associated with superman and we we kind of do reviews and things as well so Sounds great. Uh, how many? I'll ask you. I'll ask you tomorrow mm. more about it. Um, great. Uh, so you can reach us at Glass Onion Min. That's all one word. Um, please rate, review, subscribe on your podcatcher of choice, and um, pick a random friend on your social media of choice and just send them a link to yesterday's episode. Ho- a little homework. Um, but yeah. Uh, so that's that's been us. Uh, Thanks again, Rob. We'll see you tomorrow. Thank you. Uh, I've been a, I've been a Dill. I've been Rob. Bye.